Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the fourth Project Function podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name's Billy Gall. I'm the host. And on today's podcast, I talk about my family and the important roles they play in my psychology. And two interesting conversations I had with two opposite the spectrum guys on my 21st birthday. Once again, thank you for tuning in. It's Project Function, episode four. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of Project Function. I'm your host, Billy Gall, and today's episode, I'm going to be discussing how much my family and my siblings plan to my psychology and the importance of looking back on your childhood and understanding where your impulses and having awareness of your childlike being, I guess. And because I know recently looking back on growing up, remembering tendencies I had as a kid definitely answers a lot of the questions I have on why and how and what makes me so anxious and what gets my mind going. Pretty much all things psychology having to do with my childhood and being a part of the family that I'm a part of because uh, plays a huge role in my happiness, being content, my presence, just the structure of my psychology and how I think and go about each day and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I know not everyone's family situation is the same. Obviously, people go through different things with their family, have good relationships, have poor relationships. I'm blessed to have uh, pretty good relationships with my family. And my biggest blessing, I guess, other than just being born, would be being the fifth sibling, being the youngest of five. And being the youngest to all my cousins, just being the youngest in my family, because I learned so much from the people above you in age and take away so many things. And yeah, it's definitely important to look back on your childhood, whether you had a good one or a bad one, because a lot of our impulses as adults obviously come from that as a as it is the foundation of who we are. And I will continue to say foundation is everything to be built upon. And if your foundation is broken in any sort of way, you may have a good, great family, bad, great relationships with your family, bad relationships with your family, but there's still things in your childhood that can go wrong or 
need to be, you need to be aware of so that you understand why you act in the ways you do because it all comes from our childhood and how we grew up and what laid the foundation for us, which is the people around us and our experiences and looking back on that stuff's important. But I want to first start off by talking about two conversations I had on my birthday this past Friday. I turned 21, so me and my buddy, my roommate, we went to, we went out, obviously, for my 21st. I'm now legally allowed to drink alcohol, which is awesome. It just feels good to be able to go in, just get a couple beers. It's not that big of a deal. I'm not, I don't think I'm that big of a drinker. We had two distinct conversations opposite of the spectrum. Both conversations were just complete opposites. And the first one, <laughs> the first one we had was actually just one of the best random conversations I've ever had with someone and like most deep, just for no reason at all. Like I, this dude just looked at me and I was just gave him a nice head nod, you know, to say like, oh, what's up? <laughs> just being friendly. And he stared into my eyes, just stared into my soul. And I thought, I thought he was going to come over to it and punch me in the face because <laughs> he just looked at me the wrong way. Or maybe he thought that I looked at him the wrong way or was just like a drunk idiot. But I was just trying to be courteous as we made eye contact and we started talking and he turns out to be this absolute legend. He was definitely a little messed up, had a couple of drinks and maybe a little something else because he was getting very spiritual and his hand motions were so funny. <laughs> and I wish that I had asked him because I briefly said something about this podcast, not really trying to patronize myself or anything, but it was along the topics that we were discussing. And I wish I got his number and name so I could interview him or something. But definitely one of the coolest characters I've met on the street just randomly and struck up a conversation. But the basis of our conversation was about purpose. And he was talking to us about how he straight out of high school went to the Marine Corps and thought that was his purpose and all the things that went along with it. And now he had trained two years, two gruesome years of some of the most ridiculous daily activity, working out, swimming and stuff, at least like four to five hours a day. And just sounded insane, <laughs> something I definitely wouldn't have done in high school. And now he's studying at Naropa University, which is a small school down the street from Boulder. And he's studying wilderness therapy and he started talking about like the difference between wilderness therapy and ecotherapy which is more abstract and just theoretical idea based on ideals and 
versus uh, wilderness psychology, which is bringing out people and bringing out patients to the wilderness and really exposing them to nature and stuff. He was just talking about purpose and how he didn't feel he had purpose. And he, like, wanted it his whole life and then realized that it didn't fulfill him as he thought it would. And he was asking us, like, what we were studying, if we think we'd find joy in what we're bound to do, which is, you know, you never know work. Maybe not, but most likely work in an office job, nine to five. Like, well, where do we see the purpose in that? Where do we see the joy in that? And he's talking about the balance between the extreme of going after money and desiring to have all the riches and be well-off, wealthy. And then in between that and, you know, being free and not too absorbed in your work life that you have purpose outside of whatever that nine to five is and how he found that balance in studying psychology and hoping to bring his help to others through his studies, which he's studying for the next three and a half. I think he said maybe five and a half, four and a half or something like that. Years at Nairobi University. And, yeah, he was just pretty much talking about us, about, like, how he's happy that we kind of see the bigger picture as he didn't when he was our age, that being me and my roommate. And it was really cool to just spark up a conversation and learn something about psychology because I didn't know anything about nature, exposure, therapy, or didn't really know about the differences between the, the different therapies out there. And he's talking about how, you know, we're moving towards more psychedelic type treatments and how it's starting to work and how Naropa University is kind of leading behind the legal barrier because it's still illegal, but they're producing studies and stuff so that when it becomes legal, they can become the leader or one of the many leaders dispersing information on what they found. And it was not the conversation I was expecting to have on my 21st at a bar, but it was uh, quite a blessing, pretty awesome. And two weeks ago or something, maybe a week ago, I was coming home from class and I got stopped by this dude and he was like, hey, do you have a moment? And I was just like, yeah. I thought he was going to ask me about directions or something, which I definitely couldn't even give him because I don't know jack about directions around here. But he was just like, Two questions. If you were to die tonight, do you think you would go to heaven or hell? And 
I was just like, what? Like, I, that hit me hard. I was shocked. I was not expecting it. And then I realized he was one of those dudes that just walks around and asks people those types of questions because he didn't look like one of those guys. And then I was just talking to him about how I grew up as a Christian. And now I think, I don't know, my values are steering me in the right direction, I hope, to go to heaven. And then I wasn't really sure what, with all of that, just growing up, kind of growing into it, being born into it, you somewhat of a skeptic because you're told to believe something and you just want to not believe it because you feel like you're supposed to, you're like forced to believe it. And I don't feel forced to believe in any of that stuff. I've been to Catholic school my entire life. I'm pretty happy I have, pretty blessed that my parents were willing to pay for us, me and my siblings, to go to Catholic school. I've definitely learned a lot, and I think I do go about my day with the things I've learned in mind, but I don't necessarily think that I'm the most devoted Catholic. And it was a nice conversation, and I mean, just talking about the previous guy, kind of reminded me and I definitely want to have more random conversations with random people because it's just nice to relate to people and talk to people about things and learn something new about someone but back to the polar opposite and it was we ended up at this sushi place getting two free beers which was awesome I can't believe I'm allowed to talk about this stuff now, too, because I'm 21. <laughs> it's funny, but... Yeah, we ended up getting two free beers at this place, and this dude just strolls up to the bar next to us and asks me if he can sit there. I was like, yeah, no one's sitting there. And we just struck up a conversation, and he was, uh, like, 26 or something, talking about talking to us about sales. And it was really funny. Cool, pretty cool dude. He came off as snobby, I guess. <laughs> but just the way he was interacting with, like, the waitresses and the bartenders was, like, weird. I don't know. I didn't really... I kind of got weird vibes from that. But we started talking, and he was telling us about sales. And it was so funny how he was like a history major because he was going to try uh, to go to lawyer, to become a lawyer. And, and then he decided, fuck that, because that sucked. And then got into sales with this one company. He was selling windows or something. But he was pretty much just like trying to sell us which made no sense he was like trying to sell us that he was a good salesman like we gave a shit at all which we didn't and i kind of say polar opposite because he was like yeah uh in two years in two years i'm gonna own a business i'm gonna buy a business i guess meaning he would buy a sales force and try and manage it and he was like, yeah, but 
I don't know anything about business. And we were just like, yeah, dude, I mean, that's kind of funny. And like, how do you think you're going to do that? And he was like, I don't know, but making 200K sounds like real nice to me. And we were just like, wow, hung out a little bit more and talked more about like college and stuff. And then when we left, we were talking about how they were just polar opposites, how this kid was only concerned with, he didn't really care about if he'd find joy or purpose in it. He would just there for the money. And it was just interesting to see. And, but just two cool, pretty, out of the blue, random conversations with random people that they always end up being relative conversations because we're all kind of thinking about the same things and worrying about the same things. It's how we relate as humans. We're all human. It's pretty funny. But yeah, it was just two great conversations. Second one was all right. I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as talking to the first guy. Alex, if you ever hear this don't know how you would come on the show and speak your speak your mind but he was the man and then i think the other kid was ian and yeah he was trying to be the world's greatest salesman to us for some reason just trying to sell himself it was weird kind of funny and hard not to laugh in his face but I think I held my own but yeah now I want to talk about my family because it plays a crucial part in my psychology and my purpose and my happiness and all these things that are a part of being human and our desires so I am the youngest of five siblings. I'm the youngest cousin. Like I said, it's the biggest blessing ever. I've learned so much and I'm probably doing the things I'm doing because I've had people, great relationships with my siblings who have done similar things and shown me how to go about my daily life and what will fulfill me and all that good stuff. So being part of this family, it's pretty crazy growing up. Growing up, I think we're all pretty emotionally aware, whether that's a genetic or something that we've just grown up into, but we're all definitely very emotionally aware we're not really scared to talk about like our emotions and it's like a superpower as my brother described it because it helps us relate to pe other people really well and makes us likable because we can relate to people and that's pretty much what people like. Actually, it goes either way because you can dislike someone 
because you relate and don't even realize, but yeah, it helped with just as a family talking about all this stuff. I think more recently as we've all gotten older, we've started to talk about it more, but we've always been aware of it and how it affects our ourselves, our people around us, family and friends. Being the youngest, I mean, just being in any family, there's a lot of expectation. There was definitely a lot of expectation in my family or you felt as though there is just because all my siblings grew up to be wonderful people and did fantastic job throughout school. Both of my brothers with sports and you just create an expectation that because they're that way and they're your older brother or your older sister, in my case, that I'm going to have the same success and have, I expect to be similar in a similar range of what one would see as success. And I think it get, definitely got to me as a kid, for sure. I was always worried about being about expectations, I guess. Not really thinking about them, but just like subconsciously knew they were there and what I was expected to do. One of my favorite quotes, which is in the marketing business, business management or marketing school at Scranton, the school I transferred from, was... uh To whom much is given, much is expected. And I've been given a lot of things and it's all, they're all blessings. But because of that, I'm expected to do things in turn. Everything you're given, there's something expected. You want expectations. Because it'll drive you forward for a bit. It'll give you motivation and drive you. If you have expectations and you want to meet those expectations, it can definitely be a negative when you're very critical of yourself, which is another trait of my family. We're all very critical of ourselves. And I think because of we're critical of ourselves. We're also critical of people around us, which isn't the best thing. But it also can be, just like anything, can be a good thing. And because I'm so critical of myself, I have a negative. I definitely have grew up having negative self-talk. And... Something I avoided when I was a kid was putting myself in uncomfortable positions. I always liked being like comfortable doing what I was good at. 
being known as Gaul, like the youngest Gaul being compared to my brothers. I didn't like being outside of that, being uncomfortable, not being known or... I think I avoided putting myself in that position. And that definitely hurt me athletically and academically because I'm not the most competitive person. Like I said last week, or maybe two weeks ago, I had this habit of anticipating being excited for lacrosse and the day would come and I'd be like, I don't even want to be here. Just because I didn't even want to put myself in the position to fail and to not fulfill the expectations so I would avoid them. And that definitely led to a lot, a lot of my anxiety. And that's my anticipatory habit of my anxious mind is to avoid when my negative, when my self-talk becomes negative, and I start to envision myself not fulfilling expectations, trying to go after whatever I was chasing. I would just coward and be fulfilled with just being there and not really trying. And I've definitely developed a more competitive attitude about things as I grew older because I know why I want to be competitive and it's not because I'm chasing some expectation it's just because it's fun to be competitive and it's fun to care about things and it's fun to work hard as a kid I was just scared of confrontation pretty much because I would expect myself to do something wrong or negative because I have a negative connotation or a negative self-talk and because of that I never really put myself out there and I'm putting myself out there right now but I've definitely grown to put myself out there and fight my flight reef my my flight reaction which it basically is but yeah, expectations has played a huge part in me, like avoiding conflict and developing an anticipatory thought process. And then obviously just adapting goals and values of my family. Obviously I grew up playing the cross, watching my brothers play the cross, and that was huge. I just adapted that value, that love for lacrosse from them. And it was always this huge part of me that I was Billy Gull, brother Frank and Jack, two great lacrosse players. Really what it was, what lacrosse was for me was just relating to my siblings, to my dad. I used to drive with my dad to games and would watch. My, I mean, my dad would watch almost every college game my brothers played but I would go up to Holy Cross where Frank played and would follow my dad around 
when Frank was at Holy Cross, that's all I wanted to do was play lacrosse at Holy Cross. And then he graduated and I went to high school and Jack started playing at Hamilton College. And all I wanted to do was play in the NESCAC, which is the league that he played in. I was like, oh, they don't practice in the fall. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, let me play there and it's a good school. But I never really knew what it took to actually do that stuff. I just saw the outside of, oh, my brothers did it, so I can do it. And I didn't really work at it. And then I got, to, and then he graduated in around sophomore year of high school. I just didn't, wasn't enjoying lacrosse at all. And I didn't really want to play lacrosse in college. It was weird. I just wanted to go to Providence where my sister and my cousin went and just hang out seemed like the better move than just stressing myself about lacrosse and worrying about all this BS that doesn't even matter because I didn't really, wasn't just thinking about how much I enjoyed the sport. I was thinking about all the externalities and yeah, like I adapted those goals of I want to play college lacrosse at a good school because my brothers didn't, I should do what they do. And they both had a great college experience with great people. And that's all that really matters. And I think I started to realize I don't necessarily need to play lacrosse in college and to enjoy myself and full, feel fulfilled. But yeah, the, the value my brothers put on lacrosse rubbed off definitely and just Grown up, thought I like identified as a lacrosse player, not much more. Definitely, I've had to work through some feelings about lacrosse and my mental health because it wasn't always the greatest thing for me. But I think once COVID took away senior year, kind of realized how much else I was capable of. And wasn't just a lacrosse player and stuff. And as a male, kids growing up, you think like you're an athlete or you're a nerd. <laughs> and I'm definitely more of a nerd now. I guess I'm not even that much of a nerd. Well, no, I'm I'm pretty nerdy, I guess. But there's just more to life than one thing you identified as a kid and that was a cross for me and it definitely took me a while to realize that my siblings played a huge role in my psychology and how I interpret anxiety something I realized a few years into my stint with just learning about how anxious I was and how I would stress my body out to a certain degree that was incredibly unhealthy, that I had multiple stints when I was a kid, and it relates to my siblings. Once my siblings started moving out for college, I think I spent a lot more time alone, and a kid, as a kid, who was constantly stimulated by my family and friends, and I'm not like a big 
group of people person. I'm more of a small group of people person. I don't really identify myself with a big group. I just have a couple of friends and that's all that matters to me. And that's how it always was. My mom used to threaten to send me to the Glen Rock Middle School because I would legit hang out with these same three kids. And a majority of the time it was one kid. And those were my only three friends at Academy of Our Lady. And I definitely like, when I wasn't hanging out with my siblings, spent a lot of time alone and developed some tendencies, poor tendencies for myself. And that's when all of this stuff comes out is when I'm alone. And I think I realized once because of COVID, we all spent so much time alone. That's when I started realizing these tendencies aren't good for my mental health. And I'm definitely a loner, but I've come to realize how much more I enjoy being around. I still prefer to just chill by my, I guess, with myself and not be bothered, but it's definitely important to understand the importance of having people around you and how, what your brain is like and how your thought process is when you're alone. And I was definitely dependent on my family a lot, on my mom. Like when I used to call the, I used to call her from my, the nurse's office about my stomach and try and convince her to let me come home and stuff. And I think I probably had trouble in, in school because I wasn't around my siblings, especially Anna, because I grew up tied to her hip pretty much. When everyone starts growing up and separating, you know, I definitely, like, was not adapting well, didn't adapt well to that. And if it wasn't Anna, then I was trying to be around. It was, it was my mom. I would just, I constantly was trying to be around my mom. I just grew up like dependent because I was the baby and always was treated like the baby. Definitely had trouble growing up, you know, quote unquote growing up. That was like what I think, why I couldn't go to school in high school for that little bit of time. I like just wanted to avoid growing up and being in school was a way of growing up. And if I avoided that thing, I wouldn't have to grow up and I could stop time, I guess I felt. And I had a, tr I ha like, I still do. I don't know what it is. I guess it's my obsessive compulsive, but I can't, I have a really hard time sitting still and being told to sit still. Like when I anticipate sitting still in class for however long it was, like 50 minute classes, I would get extremely anxious. And then when I would sit down in class and feel like I couldn't get up and couldn't move and was stuck, that 
I would start feeling physical symptoms. And it didn't matter whether it was film, just school. Like, I think that's part of my childhood with school as well as I couldn't sit still and feel like I had to sit still and that I couldn't move because then I would feel like trapped or I don't know how to explain it, but I still have the same feelings come up, like being a transfer at this new school, going to way bigger classes. The first week I was so anxious and I knew that if I didn't get myself to go to class, that I would just, the anticipation would get even worse and the physical symptoms would get worse. But I'd just go to class and sit there for the first 10 minutes and it starts to go away and I start to feel distracted, but I couldn't distract myself as when I was a bit younger. I couldn't distract myself from the fact that for some reason I had to sit here couldn't get up or do anything. I felt like trapped in my seat and that would cause extreme panic, like the worst panic. And I think it's part of the reason why I first had a panic attack when I was in an MRI machine because you have to sit still and there's all these noises and stuff going on. And... uh, I just, I don't know why, but my physical, I've just, my physiological just grew to anticipate having to sit still and be, feel like trapped in myself or I don't even know how to explain it, but It definitely affected me and has kind of carried out and exposed me to my anxious psychology. And I'm not sure if that relates to anyone, but that's like the main way I feel anxiety. Definitely when I have I'm anticipating myself being in some situation where I have to be present and I can't run, like I can't escape. Whatever I do, I feel like I have to be present wherever that is. And yeah, it's weird, but it's also just how my psychology works and I've definitely learned how to deal with it. And I think growing up being stimulated by my siblings, being the youngest of five, the youngest in mine of my cousins, I think that played a big role in the psychology or the the growth and structure of my psychology and how my brain works. And I hope you can take something away from this and apply it to your own childhood.
and look at your childhood and see your tendencies and impulses and bad habits that you have and maybe you can change and maybe gain a better relationship with people around you whether it's family or friends maybe something happened in your childhood that you can get a better understanding of and will help you in your presence and being present and not product of your impulses that you developed when you're a kid. When we read Lord of the Flies in high school, concept of writing is the loss of innocence. And I think there's a time in people's lives where they feel they lose their innocence and like childhood, they're the child part of them. But losing your innocence, you only gain, you gain some sort of other innocence, some greater innocence. And it's like an innocence of security and presence. Just the fact that you're not what you really expected or thought or identified with as a kid, but that's even more freeing than the innocence you thought you had. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it's something that I contemplated and wrote in my notebook journal and was just reading through the other day but yeah you don't really lose your innocence you gain a more important innocence and that's the fact that you're just a human being and you you don't really need to live to these expectations but it's a it's a privilege to have expectations because to have expectations is to have things and things are, you should be grateful for things that you have. But yeah, so that's my spiel for the day. Hope everyone has a good week. Hope you learned a little bit about me, about my family. Try and take something from what I told you about and apply it to your own life. You can definitely learn something. We all relate to each other. We're all human. The first conversation we had, Alex, I was talking about this podcast and talking about my older siblings and how I kind of know how to navigate because they've experienced similar things and he was like yeah but don't act like it's not for you at all because it is as much as this is for me getting to speak about mental health mental well-being trying to help others see and be aware of their own mental well-being. It is for myself.
and just to get these things off my chest and get a better understanding of it all and that I shouldn't expect it to help others or shouldn't have the expectation that I want to help others. I don't know if that makes sense, but because actions, all actions have consequences, whether you meet them or not. But when you expect to help someone, you'd set yourself up for failure in a way because you might never feel fulfilled on that and you could never really know whether you helped someone. And uh, that was probably one of the most important takeaways from that conversation. But it definitely applies because this is just as much me just having a conversation to get things off my chest as it is trying to be informational and helpful to others. But yeah, that's where I'm going to end it today. Hope everyone has a fine week. I'm going to try and get a podcast early this week because I'm going to Rufus at Red Rocks and I hope I survive because it's going to be quite the time. And I'm getting to see my sisters, so that'll be fun. Yeah, thanks for tuning in once again. It's Billy Gall here. Coming at you, Project Function. Have a nice one.